Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk, Talk shoe. Recorded, recorded live. live. Um, it's February 22nd, 2018. And I had to think about that a minute because it seems lately like our days and our months and our years are just not making sense. They don't even, time doesn't mean anything. I don't know about with you guys, but with me, it doesn't. A whole week will go by, and I'll say, oh, my gosh, it's a whole week again. <laughs> it's, like, too fast. And they say that time goes fast when you get older, and I guess it's true. Um, the other thing is, too, that sometimes it seems like there's no time in between certain events that happen, and they just, it's like they all blend together. It's very strange. But it also helps with the dot connecting. So... um here we are again. It's awesome to be here. I'm, you know, my head is spinning all the time because I'm still doing exactly what I've been doing since the last time. It, it's constant research. If I hear of something and I want to know more about it, I go look it up. People send me things. They tell me, hey, watch this video, read this article. And most of the time, I at least keep it. If I haven't had a chance to read it right then, I will usually keep it so that I can go back and read it later. Um not always possible. There's only so many hours in the day. And like I say, whatever you're interested in at the time, that's the best thing to be inter- to be um, researching on. I almost said interviewing. Oh, to be researching on because it will stick. You'll be able to remember it. And if you're just reading it because it's an assignment, it's not really going to stay as long. At least in my memory, that's how it works. I need something to hang it on. So I can listen to the overall... I can listen to the whole story and think I have remembered everything, but I really don't. I remember the things that were relevant at the time that, you know, stand out to me. So with that, um, I wrote some notes today because I I know that sometimes I just jump all over the place and I can't get back to where I started and just get lost in thoughts and all that stuff. So I'm going to try to um, stick to this a little bit. there's, you know, obviously there are big news stories and there are smaller news stories that are going on every day. And some of the big ones that have been happening most recently, of course, are the um, events surrounding and the media hype and everything else surrounding the shootings in Park, Parkland, Florida, which was at a school. And I'm sure that if you're on the planet or if you've at least heard quite a bit about that, the day that it happened, which amazingly to me, when I was reading my notes today, um, it happened like a week ago. I can't believe it's been that long, but because I kept thinking, well, we should be hearing about the funerals and stuff. Let me see what the date was. I didn't, I didn't go look up the date. What I did was I wrote, I think, on my note, my notebook, the day that it happened. Uh, You guys will find it faster than I will, probably. Well, when I was reading it, I saw it. 
and now I can't find it again. So anyway, I think it's been about a week, and it just surprised me how many days had gone by already. But what I did was I went in and um, saved as many things as I could find that day because I knew that things start to disappear. That's how it usually happens, and and you can't find inconsistencies in news reporting unless you've already found everything you can from um, the first day. And then when they start to try to change the story or somebody slips up and says something and it's not consistent with what actually happened, you can kind of see that you know there's a cover-up going on or if somebody is making things up. Now, I've had some people very, very angry with me this past week. They said, how dare I say anything about some of the things that I was bringing to light. Um, I backed off from trying to, you know, bring information to those people. There's no reason to, you know, put ourselves in the crosshairs for people that don't want to see what's happening. And I know this is something that Dottie brings up quite a, quite a bit, too, is that there's just people who want to bury their heads in the sand. They don't want to see that these things are going on right in front of their face. It used to be that it was somewhat hidden, but now they're blatantly showing us hey, we're doing this, and you can't do anything about it. I don't feel powerless. I don't feel powerless at all. I just look for another way to do something about it because that's what I have to do. I can't just sit there and let all of this stuff roll over me. It's it's just not my nature to do that. Um, sometimes I'll give up if I can't think of another way around it, but usually I'll just keep going. I'll I'll barrel through it. I'll go around it. I'll ask people questions. I'll go look up something else and um, find out what what the reasons are that these people may be behaving the way they are. But in general, I'm not going to just sit down and let them continue on doing whatever they're doing without some type of pushback, confrontation, letter, um, you know, exposure, whatever I can do. And that's just the way it's going to be. You know, it's not like I have a whole lot to lose at this point. I'm getting older. My family has largely left because they just don't want to deal with it. They are happy in their la-la land. They're happy um, profiting off of things that I think are bad. I mean, I don't want I don't want this future for my grandchildren or great-grandchildren or anyone's children or great-grandchildren. Uh, you know, it's not just my own. I'm not a person who only cares about my own family. I care about all the families, everybody's family, the people who are suppressed, the people who are afraid, the people who are just destitute, have nothing. I worry about them because, you know, what life is it? If somebody has everything, they're, you know, elitists or whatever, they think they have the best situation for themselves, but they're not aware of the fact that it's not going to last. It's not going to last unless they protect everyone because that's just how it is. It's not like the earth is so huge that you can keep people separated and have the poor people away from the rich people. It's not going to happen that way. So it has to be some type of a system that allows everyone to have a decent life and be able to you know, contribute whatever they want to contribute to the society or have their voice heard. And it's not going to work otherwise. I mean, it's been proven in history. And you can't shut people up and expect that it's just going to go away because it doesn't. It finds another way to surface. So I guess with that idea, I should say something about the fact that Facebook 
and Twitter and some of these other um, electronic means of communication are flexing their muscles right now. They're saying, you know, we don't have to take just every everybody's messages. We don't have to show everybody's posts. We can take things down. We can put people in Facebook jail. We can, um, you know, make sure that only certain people see what they what people post and not allow them to share certain things. We can call things scam and take scams and take them down. What people are noticing this week is that the things that relate to the Parkland um, event, I'm going to call it. Um, they're taking things down and calling it spam or they're calling it abusive. YouTube's doing the same thing. Now, I don't remember if I talked about it on here a few weeks ago or if I was just talking about it with a friend, but I had found a video, and I was planning to go find it tonight before I came on, and I forgot forgot to go get it, but I really need to listen to it again anyway. Um, It was showing how the people who are the owners of these platforms have worked together to basically suppress any views other than their own on what should be happening in the world. And we kind of know it anyway intuitively. We've seen it. But the fact that they have got it's a small group and they've gotten together to produce these certain results that they want, and they're going for it. They're going for it. They're not going to even try to um, hide it anymore. It's just, you know, like like their supporters would say, well, it's theirs, and if you want to have something like that, you should buy one yourself. Um, we can't just buy a social network. The whole point is that these people have established basically a monopoly on certain aspects of our life, and now that we've commit, you know, committed to giving them content, um, embracing it, using it, and how they actually got their value in their company and how they got their money, now they want to say it's ours, and so, you know, we have the right to say who gets on it. And, you know, there are people now, I mean, I've been seeing people today in several different places that I was watching people's forum type, you know, comments, not places that I actually talk to people, but I do read them. And there were people talking about um, their own independent networks for communicating. Um, Either they have some started or they're going to because there's people that have that expertise there are people that are ticked off that have money and they could start their own. Obviously, it's not going to be as big as Facebook. It's not going to be as big as Twitter or YouTube. But there's other avenues that people can use to communicate with each other and they don't need to get permission from Facebook as though that's the uh, grand arbiter of all that's holy. So, you know, maybe Facebook's going to die off. I can't see how uh, any entity like that would think that if you have no um, public discourse or no um, competition in ideas or people arguing about things that are important to them, how they think that that would thrive, because it won't. It will be one-sided. It will be um, you know, like going to a boring board meeting where you just listen to somebody talking and you go, yeah, yeah that's a good idea. And everybody's just like looking at the clock like, can we go now? Can we leave? It'll be boring, and people will start just dropping off. They just won't go there anymore. So there's there are people talking about it right now, leaving Facebook, just done. Um, I've talked about it before, about how people who 
you know, I knew really well and friends of mine who have dropped me. I mean, I've been, you know, just dropped as a Facebook friend from people who I never thought would do it. You know, I thought, well, you know, I was viewing people as I view myself, which is that I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't drop somebody because they disagreed with me politically. I would argue with them maybe because I would think that they were safe to argue with because they were good friends. But that's not how it is now. People are, you know, they're choosing sides and they're saying, no, I don't want anything to do with you because how dare you have that thought? How dare you have that political opinion? And I, you know, that's a new thing I've been saying all week too. Like, how dare you? Because that's what we're hearing from the liberal left. That's what we're hearing. They're not saying those words, but that's exactly what they're telling us. How dare you? And what it means is, we don't have any right to have our opinion. We don't have any right to say anything. You know, the young people saying to the old people, how dare you? The, you know, I want to call them the psycho weirdos from the way left, which some of them are so strange that, and I like everybody, so I'm not saying it because I really care how they express themselves, but people that are so strange you can't even talk to them, and they're looking in your face and saying, you know, without saying the words, they're saying, how dare you? Because they think that somehow they're above everyone else and they have an entitlement to, I don't know, people walking widely around them so they don't have to be offended. And it's just, it's mind-boggling to me. We weren't raised this way. We were raised to be people who tolerated other people's ideas because we were Americans. So... You know, that was our big strength in our country, was that we could argue about things, and we still were Americans, and we were still friends at the end of it. You know, it just blows my mind that people are behaving the way they are right now. It doesn't make sense to me. So that's kind of what's going on now. Um, The thing that brought this all to the forefront in the last couple days is that there was one of the um, supposed students at the school who was appearing on all these different interview shows and became almost like a spokesperson almost immediately. Well, yeah, there were some signs that he was all set up before the incident even happened, which is kind of suspicious right there. Because how do you have somebody all set up if you don't know anything's happening because it's a random event? That right there is a you know pretty big tell, as they would call it, um, that something wasn't right down there in Florida that things were planned ahead of time. Um, some of the students that were spoken to said there was a drill planned that day. They were also told there would be loud noise, like, you know, would sound like gunshots, but would be not gunshots, but simulating actual gunfire, um, something like blanks, in other words. Um, there were people who said, like there was a girl who said she walked out with the supposed shooter. She heard the drill the uh, fire alarm drill, um, go, the fire alarm going off for a drill, went to go outside, saw him and said, I thought it might be you as a joke or as a comment, you know, like when I heard gunshots, I thought it might be you. And he looked at her like, huh? And she said this happened. And so if that's the case, then how could that have happened? How could that be true? But that's what she claimed. That was the first day, too. So what I did was I went that day and I started listening to all the different um, eyewitness reports that I could find, everything I could find. And I 
wrote down the um, pieces of it that I found odd. Uh, you know, whatever the interview was, I listened to it and I wrote down what I thought was odd and wrote down the names because a lot of times those names are forgotten later on. So I kept some of those. I haven't gone back through all of them yet. But the first one that I found interesting, other than the girl that said she walked out with the supposed shooter, um, the other one was um, it was a young man who said that he was a student at the school, and it was an interview. It must have been that evening because it was dark outside. And the words that jumped out at me was he said, um, in response to a question about whether he would be going back to school, how hard it would be or whatever, he said it would be hard. He said because you, when you have to walk past two children, and he said something about two children dead or something like that that he'd seen and he wouldn't forget it. It was the kind of thing that somebody would say if they'd seen something horrible. And it jumped out at me because I thought, what teenagers ever say to children about other people at their school? They would say students or my two friends or two freshmen or something else. They wouldn't say children because they're teenagers. It was really strange. And then another one the next day also said children. I think it was the one that everyone talks about, which is at, um, uh, David Hogg. Now, the thing with David Hogg was that the first time I saw him interviewed, because I saw several, I mean, I bet I've seen five or six at this point of that particular young man. Uh, people are speculating on whether or not he's actually the age that they say. I'm not sure. Um, there are people that think he's 10 years older than what the news has said. I doubt that's true because I saw pictures of him and his sister on his mother's Facebook page. I'd gone and looked at that early on, too. It's probably closed now, but I did look at it early on. Um, <clears throat> and the two of them are fairly close in age. So this other person they think he is, I, I think, is just a fluke, somebody with the same name that's not him. But what happened was I heard him say children, and the other thing I heard him say that I found odd was um, that he was he wasn't in the freshman wing, but he could hear the gunshots from where he was. Now, I don't know the layout of the place. That wasn't really anything that stuck out to me. What stuck out to me was he said something about his sister had her two best friends killed. And I, I just was listening to that going, you know, I've known a lot of kids over the years. I worked in schools myself, and new kids because of my own children and their friends and, you know, all the things that we took part in where, you know, parents would show up, like for Farm League and things like that. And I just know a lot of kids, and I know what's average for them. I know how they usually act when they're upset. And he was just sitting there talking about it. He's like, yeah, and he says, and I was kind of worried about my sister, and she had two of her best friends killed. And he said it like it was just a story he was telling he was, he didn't appear to be upset whatsoever. He wasn't sad about his sister's best friends, which I assume if they were her best friends, then he would also know these people since they are in the same family. Um, and then later on, like in the last day or two, I've heard now that she had four friends that were killed. So that was really weird. Um, on the mother's Facebook page, they had apparently taken a tour of CNN and there were a lot of pictures of them at CNN, at the studios. 
I found that really interesting, especially since one of the interviews I watched was with CNN. It was Allison Kamaradic doing it. Um, there was a girl crying, and she was talking about, she mentioned in the course of her interview that her grandfather was either state police chief or he was a state trooper. She mentioned her grandfather being in the state police. I thought that was odd. That stuck right out to me. And there was David again, and David has already been, you know, identified as being the son of an FBI agent, former, supposedly. Now, here's the other thing I've heard. That was confirmed about the FBI because his own father said it. <clears throat> the other thing that I've heard that has not been discussed is that people have dug up supposedly that the father, former FBI agent, is either an owner or a partner. He's somebody who works for a company that does simulated live shooting events. Um, does it for military does it for simulated school shootings. Um, I find that really odd, too. I believe it's true. I haven't proven it yet to my satisfaction, but I'm pretty sure it's true. And it's because I went and looked at the company's information before they removed some of it, and it shows what they do. And there was a connection there of some kind. There was some connection that I saw. Um, it could have been that it said something about former FBI or whatever. But there was just, you know, there's a lot of information about these people, and it's if you heard it once, it's gone again. They're, they're not repeating anything that makes it look suspicious. So, um, The other thing that I heard and saw confirmed by researching was that the parents of the person who was the shooter, supposedly Cruz, the parents who had taken the two boys, Nicholas and his brother Zachary, after their mother died around Thanksgiving, um, that that was their adoptive mother that died, and this other these were friends of the family apparently that took the two boys in in a foster type situation. So they're the ones that people are talking about lately, and that man was a military intelligence analyzer, I think they say, or analyst. I believe that's what he said he did for a living. And the mother, I forget if she was a, mixing them up now, the boy who everybody's saying is a crisis actor, David, his mother is a teacher. The other mother I think might be a nurse, but I've forgotten now. But there were odds. there were odd things going on as far as the description of these different people there are um, videos that I sat down and watched. I'm glad I did because some of them have been scrubbed off YouTube now, so they're hard to find. But there was a program at the school with, um, like a science program. They put up a weather balloon, and it had the students there. And I think David was the one that did all the filming for it. He was like a student reporter. Did all the filming for it and uh, publicity type stuff. You could hear his name and I mean his voice, and then you could see him in some of it. Well, they went out to this certain site and let a balloon go. But during the course of this video was the girl that you see on these recent ones at the Parkland School, Emma um, Gonzalez, I think is her last name. Same girl. She's very recognizable because her head is shaved pretty much. She's almost bald, very short hair, and 
she was in it. So it was a small group of students that were like technology <laughs> oriented, I guess, science oriented. Um, there was another video of David out in California on a beach, and that was a locally run news piece about someone who had gotten in an altercation with a lifeguard, and David had filmed it. So there were different things like this where he had made little films. He was uh, wanting to be a news person. Uh, the interview that I saw with Allison Camerata, he, she actually referred to the fact that he was like an intern or something. Um, he there was a video of David, another video, a different one, where he was being coached on what to say, what his lines were, and he kept flubbing them and having to start over. And that was the one that I think YouTube and Facebook took down first and said it was bullying or harassment, which is ridiculous because it was just showing him rehearsing and somebody telling him what he's supposed to say. So all it did was show that he was rehearsing lines for somebody. Um, what else? Oh, when I was looking at uh, David's mother's Facebook page, I went back in, you know, back in time, and there was a posting on there about her moving to Florida. And somebody said, you know, why are you going there? And she said, I got a teaching job because I can't find anything here. And they were saying, well, you could try this place or this place. But so she had been teaching in California, apparently, and then went to Florida to teach. So. That would explain some of that. There was something going around that was saying David had graduated in Redondo Beach, California in 2015, and they showed a yearbook, and then later somebody said that's not true, that was a fake story somebody put in there. It's actually the yearbook from the school that just got shot up, and that his picture was in that yearbook. Well, that would be very easy to prove because the whole page of pictures would have other people on it, and all you'd have to do if you live down there is look at it and see, are these Florida kids or are these California kids? Because they obviously have names. So that's an easy one to prove, but probably a fake story out there floating around to keep people guessing. There's an awful lot wrong with the whole reporting of that incident down there. I've spent a lot of time this past week explaining to people that just because there's something wrong with it um, doesn't mean that I think it's a hoax. I think that there's something wrong with the story, the official story, and that they shouldn't assume that because someone is saying this looks like a false flag, that that means that it didn't happen. Something happened, obviously. But were people killed? Did anybody actually see anyone dead? They saw people laying around, but they see that in a drill. So I don't know. Now I'm seeing that people have some... Uh, discrepancies they found in just the listening section yesterday with the president that some of the things that were said there could be proven to be iffy. So I guess I'm just saying take everything with a grain of salt like you always do and look into it because there's just something wrong with the whole thing. The way people behave when they're upset, yes, they go into shock and sometimes people don't cry or they act strangely like they might laugh when they're when you'd think they would be crying because their brain is thrown off of what's you know their normal routine in life, but they don't just talk about their trauma they've just had like two or three hours ago as though it was you know oh we're gonna have sloppy joes for lunch today instead of having like ravioli 
You know, they it's not just something you talk about in that um, distant way, I guess. I guess that's how I'd say it, distant, distant way. Okay, let me go in here and see who's here. Okay, we have eight has joined us and straight shot too. And um, say hi to you guys. Um, I'm just going to look through the chat a little bit, make sure everything's okay. How dare you, yes. How dare you? I don't know where Pete is. He might show up. Maybe he's busy or he's delayed. I don't know. What time is it out there? It's just 5 o'clock now in California, right? So maybe he's busy. Um, Bellium's cooking. Awesome. <clears throat> She's cooking for everybody. So if you're hungry, get some. Um, Valium is posting from um, Q. Q is the um, nickname or whatever of some body of people or a person. I think it's probably likely a group of people but who are posting um, messages that are somewhat coded, but some people would recognize. And there have been, um, you know, these have been going on for weeks. A lot of them have panned out. My view on the Q postings are that they are probably real. And when people say it's all just, you know, somebody playing, they call it role playing, live action role play. Um, it's possible, of course, but some of the information is something that would be very hard to find because it would be obscure information. And what I think it is, and I've said this to a few people, when they say it's nothing, I don't even pay attention, it's nothing. I tell them, you know, think about this from the standpoint of somebody who works in the high-up intelligence community. Say you're in the intelligence community and you're sworn that you will not divulge any of the things that you hear or see because you're you have clearances or whatever and you can't tell people, but you know something's wrong, and you know that something has to be done about it, but you don't really know exactly what to do about it, say it was that scenario, and all you had to do was ask questions that are you know, just simple questions, and the people who are in the know or who are paying attention or who work in that industry or are around a certain area would be able to figure it out. They don't need to be told it directly, but they'll figure it out. So that's what I believe Q is. I think it's it's a way of letting people in the know realize that something's happening, that uh, they could notice if they look around. In other words, you know, whatever this says, um, clock is activated, project protect code went live, timetable accelerated. Um, it might mean something to somebody. I don't know if you remember, but people used to publish coded messages in newspapers and somebody could see them and know that something was supposed to take place. The general public wouldn't know what the heck it meant, but the person for whom the message was written would know what it meant. That's what I think Q is. Um, yes, I saw that, John, that another holistic doctor had died. I think there's a lot of people who are 
going missing too. Wasn't there somebody from CDC that just went missing this past week? Hard to keep track of it because you'll see some headline somewhere like somebody went missing, then you don't find out if they were found floating in the East River or if they are just still missing or whatever. They don't have the updates. We're really not being told much of anything. We're supposed to go find it all ourselves, I guess. I don't know how you'd know for sure unless you fly all over the world and actually go in an office and ask somebody a question because we're not being told anything. And this, in my opinion, is really a problem. We need to know information because how can we make decisions if we don't have any? You know, I, I keep making wrong decisions as far as my own life goes, and it's based on the fact that I've been lied to and tricked in a lot of ways. I mean, how am I supposed to know that somebody I'm doing business with is a freaking liar? You know, they're supposed to be regulated, some of these things, like banks. They're supposed to be regulated. So who do you go to? I actually wrote that down because I need to uh, maybe write a letter to the the governor. I always say I'm going to write to the governor and ask him where my relief is and where's my recourse because uh, the authorities are corrupt. I can't even go to the attorney general in my own state because our attorney general is corrupt. So what do I do? Where's my recourse? Am I supposed to just sit here and wait until somebody else is sitting in that office? Maybe they're going to be corrupt too. So we we need to fix this stuff because you can't have confidence if you have no one to go to when there's a problem. And I have no one to go to and I haven't had anyone to go to for probably 10 years, maybe longer. But that's about the that's about the length of time that I've noticed it. Um, let's see. So he had, Trump had his listening session, President Trump, and um, I heard a little bit of it and had to turn it off because they started talking about Sandy Hook and I just couldn't take it because I know that that had way too many false elements in it. I mean, there are people that wonder if any kids even died there, and I'm one of them. Um, you know, when the parents haven't even seen the body and you see videos of people circulating in and out of the same place, you know, in a building, like it's a movie set. Something was just all wrong that day. That was also a day where there was supposed to be a drill because I listened to people at the beginning, people in the area saying they couldn't go up there because there were barricades and it said there was a drill. You know, it's a drill. If you hear of anything that's going to be a drill near you, Don't go there, because that's how they have all their people in place. (laughs) Obviously, they might be out of, you know, out of town or something when there's an emergency, unless you tell them that you're going to do something. So drills are, that's the common way they start. And you tell people that they don't need to worry when they hear something, and that's what some of the students at this school said. They said, don't worry, you're going to hear things. Well, if you hear things and you think you don't need to worry, why would you hurry to get out of the way? And if there is somebody there shooting, you wouldn't even know that you were in danger because you assume it's the drill. That's what happened at the Boston Marathon. They told the runners that they would hear noises and it was a drill. So when a drill goes live, you kind of have to wonder why did it happen to be during a drill and not just a random date on the calendar? And all of a sudden you start noticing things like, hey, there's a, you know, there's trucks here, there's a portable morgue here. <laughs> Something is weird. How'd they get here so quick? You know, 
what's better than an event like a marathon? You got the porta potties and everything. You got all these people watching. You could traumatize a whole bunch of people at the same time. And a lot of what people didn't remember of the marathon, which I every time I talk about the Boston Marathon, I remind people of this because I think it's forgotten. It was supposed to be a tribute day for Sandy Hook. Every mile um, towards the end of the race, I believe it was, was named after or in honor of one of the students that died at Sandy Hook. And the parents were all invited to be at the end of the race, at the grandstand, at the end of the race. So um, they never really mentioned that again after the day. But it was mentioned at that time, and I remembered it because I thought, what a nice thing to do. And then it's like, oops, we can't talk about that anymore because now it's not a nice tribute day. Now it's a massacre day. You know, these people with the pressure cookers and everything, we've got to go find these guys. And and uh, what happened in the Boston area? They told people to stay in their homes. They locked up people that day by telling them they couldn't leave their homes. That was a shelter-in-place order. So, And I think it was the first time where a massive area was confined to their house. I don't think it's happened since then. There may be small neighborhoods where it's happened, but that was a pretty big one where people couldn't go anywhere. Okay, um, I think that was it on that. I don't know what the president's going to do. He's claiming um, raise the age to 21 for being able to buy firearms. I'm not sure that the president can do that. I think that's a state. It may be a federal thing. I'm not sure because we do have alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, so I'm not sure about that. But I think that there are different ages in different states right now, so I'm not sure about how they're going to resolve these issues with when is adulthood. That's being argued here because there's people that want teenagers to be able to vote. Um, 18-year-olds can go in the military, but like the drinking age is 21. I don't really know because I haven't tried to buy anything or really have any desire to buy anything right now, but our governor in his State of the State address said that the states need to decide when the age is when a person's an adult. We need to solve that because it can't be wishy-washy. You can't be an adult at this age and then an adult at that age and have it for different things because an adult has a certain level of privileges and also responsibilities, and you have to choose one. Choose an age, and that's it. So that's something that needs to be done. Um, in Maine, we have uh, we had something introduced yesterday. I think it was something to do with the bump stocks and all that. It had something to do with guns, I believe. And it was the Scott Heyman guy again. I say Heyman. It's H-A-M-A-N-N. And I knew I recognized his name, so I went back and looked, and he was the one that threatened the president um, something about if he got 10 feet from him or something like that and had to apologize. And he's the one that's in there introducing legislation into the, you know, into our legislature for new laws about guns. And he's, I mean, I just can't get over the hypocrisy of some of these people. He's one person that I would not want 
not only not I wouldn't want representing me, but also I wouldn't want having any, you know, the gall, I guess, because he certainly can do it, but he has the gall. He doesn't even know enough to just sit down and be quiet after what he did. Um, he has to come out as though he's some strong person on doing something about gun control, and he's a person who threatened the president on social media and thought that was fine. So I've got my eye on him, Scott Heyman. Um, see what he's up to. I think it was whatever it was they were doing yesterday. I don't think they got very far. The Olympics. Um, I wasn't going to watch them, but they're on late at night, and we've had them on a little bit. And I just, I'm kind of appalled at the bad behavior that some of the people are having as far as their, you know, ability to be gracious and <laughs> their ability to you know, hold up under the pressure of competition, it's a little alarming because um, these are supposed to be some of the strongest people in the world and they don't appear to have the, I don't know what you call it, the spirit, I guess. You know, I saw today there was a Canadian woman that wouldn't even put her silver medal on because she, because they didn't win, I guess. I don't know. It's like, it's like little kids tantruming instead of saying, hey, that was great. I'm glad you won. It used to be different. They used to have, um, you know, people would would cheer for people from other countries even if they were an underdog and they just had a great day. They would cheer for them. They'd be happy for them. And this is just, it's a strange feeling, a strange vibe in this whole competitive nature of the Olympics. You know, and I, I don't like to see people get hurt either, so I don't like to watch the things where they end up crumpled on the ground and you don't know whether they've broken their back or something. I don't enjoy watching that kind of stuff. So a lot of times I'll be like, okay, did they get, you know, are they all right now? Did they get down? How was their time? That kind of thing. I really don't even want to watch it anymore. And I used to love it. It's just, you know, there's too much of that social programming going on, I guess. The ads are weird, too. So anyway, I don't know how you guys feel about the Olympics and what's been going on, but anyway, that's my feeling about that. Um, I talked about the suppression of speech. Of course, they're claiming that they own it so they can say whatever they want and kick you off if they want. That's Facebook and Google and Twitter and all that kind of stuff. Um, FCC licensing. I'm going to try to refresh my memory on this stuff because, like I said, I used to know a lot about this because of my father working in radio, and he used to talk about the FCC all the time and what the rules were. And I know they, you know, softened up on some of it in, you know, later years now, the last few years. But I don't think that they have the restraints on cable television that they have on regular over-the-air television but hardly anyone has over-the-air television anymore. So I don't know if there's any constraints on, say, CNN. I think they can probably lie and be entertainment if they want to. Um, I know they changed some of the rules that said that they could do propaganda. But as far as FCC licensing and the way it used to be, your um, your license could be pulled and you would not be allowed to broadcast anymore. And I believe it would happen immediately, like you're channel would just go off. So I want to know what those laws are. I want to find out if people are allowed to lie straight to your face and actually damage your society and hurt people's families and take their assets and everything else 
through um, their deception. And I know that sounds like I'm going a little far with it, but you think about it. If you have um, somebody who's lying and people are believing it, they're making their life decisions based on that. And it does affect their finances, their living conditions, their family life, their jobs. So it's a big deal. It's not just some light thing that you can brush off. Not everyone is so secure in their, you know, company ownership or their, you know, 25-year job that they can withstand anything. And it's another way that they break down the society so that the people that are at the top can profit off of other people's misery. And it's not, you know, it's not funny. It's not funny. These people need to be brought to justice for this stuff. It is fraud. In my opinion, it's fraud. Um, Also, um, another thing that our governor brought up in his state of the state that relates to finances, he was talking about um, older people being forced out of their homes due to property tax liens, and some of them only are like a couple years behind, and these towns were forcing them out of their homes. He does not want that happening. Some towns don't do it. Some do it. So that's something that's coming up in Maine, too, which we're keeping an eye on. I don't know how they'll handle it, but apparently they want it so that you can at least make payments and that they're not going to put you out on the street. It's not like it's going to be a long period of time anyway, because for a lot of the people, they're so old that you know they're not going to be in their house that long anyway. So there's no point throwing them out early. Um, there's a new media site. I think I talked about it before. Larry Lockman, one of the people in our legislature, has, I think, been behind it. I think there's a couple other people maybe working with him on that. But it's another attempt to get us a place where people will actually tell us what's going on, stories instead of, you know, copy-paste off of the Washington Post, which is what our daily paper's doing now but actual stories about what's going on and when things are happening so people can be more involved and have some other information. Um, I think it's called Main Main First Media. Dottie probably knows the answer to that. Um, Yep, I know what you're saying, Dottie. I know what you're saying. Our state's got some issues, and I think that Exposing the people here actually shows more of what's going on elsewhere because we re- we have a relatively small state <laughs> and we can see things easier than they can in the big states with a huge population. But you know, I'm I'm fairly confident that the same things are going on everywhere, and it's just that ours are more exposed because we know the people. We're more likely to have seen them in real life and actually talked to these people. And in the big states, they never see their representatives like that. They don't see them up close at the grocery store or something. Like I said, I was within four inches of Susan Collins one day at the grocery store a couple months ago. I knew it was her. I didn't bother her because I feel like people shouldn't be bothered when they're having their own you know, life outside of their work. But I could have. I could have said something to her. I was that close, so I could have said, "What the heck's the ro- what the heck's wrong with you, Susan? Get a grip. I think you've lost it. If you want, I'll come and hide you somewhere. If you have to get away from the creepy people handling you, 
I don't know the situation of these people. I sometimes feel like we make it worse when we draw too much attention to them. But something's really wrong with the senators. Something's really wrong with our representatives. Something's really wrong with our legislative, whatever it is, council and some of their friends. We've got some really bad things going on that are just under the surface, but we can see it because we can see the results of it. I think that gives us an advantage, actually, over other states. All right. um, Looking on my list here, my notes. Oh, I said I was going to look for the video of how the networks are working together to suppress speech. I'll find that. It was a really good one. Hopefully it's still there. I was going to watch it again because it mentioned a lot of names, and I shared it with a friend of mine, and she watched it. She was all excited and started talking to me about all the people in it, and I couldn't, I didn't know what she was talking about because I hadn't watched it yet. I had started it and didn't finish it. But there were new names on there, and I keep lists of names because that way I'll remember if it's something I've seen before that I need to go back to. So, yeah, I will keep the names of the people that I see on that video, and I'll try to get a link to it for the next time. Okay, one of the um, things that I want to start focusing on again, and I think I've said this before, but I've also had the idea again, is that I need to go and get out um, the Agenda 2030, the UN Agenda 2030, which is the one that came after Agenda 21. And I want to see what their plans are in that agenda. Remember, it's real, because people try to say, oh, you're just a conspiracy theorist, and you think these, that the UN is doing all these things. Um, it's written down. It's actually there. You could print it out, read it, highlight it, make notes. It's there. Last time I looked, anyway. And... Um, I'm thinking I should go in there and take different sections out that relate to our life right now, what's going on with our life right now, because an agenda is just what it says. It's a plan. It's like a blueprint. It's a layout of what they want to do, and we should be able to see it because they're not hiding it. We should be able to see it in action. You know, if they want to reduce the population, we should be able to see how they're doing that. Now, people are saying it's from vaccinations, it's from, you know, being made sick from food, um, spraying stuff over the top of our heads that we're ingesting, you know, killing off the older people a little sooner because they need to get the population smaller and it's not happening, so they have to do something. Um, the flu this year, you know, might be one aspect. Was it an accident that all these people got sick that normally don't? Some of the people who had flu shots got sick, and then they said, well, we gave a different strain of flu. And that's okay, because even though it's not the correct one and people are still getting sick, you still should get your flu shot. They were saying that. I don't know anybody really around me that's been going to get flu shots lately, and there's a reason for that, because they're suspicious of it now. Um, So I'm thinking I might do that. That's something I think is going to be important in the coming months. Um, I'm looking at this and I jumped around and I've already said some of these. Um, I think the people that are in positions of authority or in offices should have background checks 
very um, deep background checks, the same as they're trying to propose for people buying guns or anything else. I think they should have deep background checks, too, because we'd probably find a lot of things in their background that shouldn't be in a public office. The thing is, who's going to enforce it? See, who's going to do that? We ended up with a president that wasn't even born in the United States, and I'm going to say that because I really believe it. I don't believe Obama was born in the United States. He wasn't eligible to be president. And who vetted that? Who was the person was supposed to, or people that were supposed to look into that and make sure that he was eligible? I don't think there's really a mechanism for that. And I think that's probably one of the reasons that he was there, because you could just you just put anybody you want in there, especially if you're not operating as a republic and you're operating as a corporation. He's just the CEO, so it could be anybody, and that's serious. There's some people in the world that I don't want for president, that's for sure. So we can't be having people that aren't eligible in that office. Anyway, we could find out if they were, uh, you know, <laughs> if they were people who were, had some serious crimes in their background and maybe didn't have um, a long prison sentence or whatever. I don't know. Um The media is becoming really obvious about what they're doing. I have on here. Their their ratings, they're trying to go after their ratings. Their ratings are dropping, and so they're getting more outrageous. But the politicians are also showing who they are every day. You All you have to do is watch where they are, who they're with, what their statements are, and you can see it. They're becoming really obvious about their agendas. And they don't have a choice because they're down at the end of it now. That's what I believe. So it's over for them, I think. And uh, we're just watching it play its way out. <clears throat> I'm really jealous. One of my good friends is down in Florida right now enjoying that nice weather. Yeah, Dottie says, Susie is swamped. I just looked up at the chat again. I'm trying to think what else I have. Oh, that was my notes on my notebook. <clears throat> I haven't even hit my page of links yet. So let me just see what you guys are talking about in here. Eight says just duck and cover. Yeah. Would lower the age of consent to 12. Maybe they were millennials. Uh, probably Dottie. I wouldn't be surprised if people don't go by that because I don't think they have to. I think they can um, still foreclose on people's homes. It's just that, yeah, denial of due process. Exactly. We don't have any recourse. We should be able to go into a court and say, look, it's my house. I'm the one that's put all the money and effort into it. Why should you get the uh, results of that? Because apparently they can keep the house. So they, you know, they can sell it and get money. The house that was foreclosed on that's near my house, the person that bought it paid $5,001 for it. And um, it was just a person who went into nursing care. And that's it. So eventually the town takes it. But <clears throat> I have to tell you that my um, lean issues that I've had at... Um, in Bangor were resolved 
well, some of it was resolved because I had to sell something else in order to pay it, but some of it was resolved by me making payments, and they allowed me to do that. So, and I basically wrote my own my own note for doing that. Um, I didn't understand things as well as I do now. At the time, I was I was upset, and I know I probably talked about it on here too. I was upset because I said. I'm having my my city has to be the bank because the bank won't be the bank. It made no sense to me. Now I get it. It's like the you know the city isn't even you know they're not even what they appear to be. So yeah, and Dottie knows because Dottie has been through a lot of this stuff and knows it inside and out. So she's a really good resource for anything like this as to what may or may not work. What question did I ask that you might know the answer? Let's see, what the heck was it? I don't know. I can't remember now. Well, in case anyone's listening, and I know right now it's only showing people that are usually here, so... But in case anyone listens later, Dottie knows a lot of stuff about things and history of Maine and corruption in Maine. So I don't know what particular thing I said when I said that, but Dottie knows a lot. Ask her anything. She'll tell you if she doesn't know, but most of the time she does know, and she can tell you where to look. I think that, Dottie, I think that there's so much that is not just corrupt but perfectly evil in the state of Maine that I'm not sure that people's uh, failure to act is always because they're not interested. I think some of it's because they're scared. There are some pretty bad people here. I was hoping Desert Pete would show up because I wanted to just mention something that he sent me this week. Well, let me go back and look at my links now. I'm going to see what's uh, on my links because I've kept them for now two weeks. I almost did it last week, and then I said, no, I think I'm going to stick with the every two weeks because I think we're getting, (laughs) what do you call that? Um, It's like, um, it's not, uh, it's it's sort of like cabin fever, but it's for working on the same thing over and over again. You get sort of tired and jaded from it, and you're not fresh, and so you can't see things the way you normally would. I can't think of the word for that right now, but you know what I mean. It's like if you're fresher and if you're enthusiastic because you really want to know certain things, it's more interesting, and you get better results of studying on it than if you're really sick of it because you're doing it every day. It starts to get boring and and, uh, difficult Um, there was something about Senator Mark Warner being in contact with a lobbyist for Russian billionaire Oleg Deripaska. I heard about that, and then it disappeared. And uh, Warner was on the, the committee that interviewed the intelligence community people about a week ago, I think it was. And I'm sitting there just looking at him. He's one of the chairs of that committee. Our two senators are both on that committee. It's an interesting committee, the Intelligence Select 
Committee on Intelligence or something like that is its name, and it's the Senate that has it. Um, they were, you know, he apparently was uh, trying to communicate with Christopher Steele, and so he was he was in contact with a lobbyist for the Russian billionaire. It's, there's just some little sneaky things like that, and you see these people, and they're sitting up there like they're the judge of all that's holy, and they've been doing what they're accusing other people of doing. And so he's on my radar. There are there were two Senator Warrens, I mean Warners in Virginia, and they're apparently not related. I was thinking they might be, but they weren't. I think they ran against each other, actually. That would be interesting voting on a ballot where two candidates have the same last name. Um, I had a few things related to those, to that on the day it came out about Mark Warner, and it's kind of, you know, nobody remembers anything. They can't hold it, neither can I, so I can't really say too much about it. Apparently that's common, that people can retain things for about two weeks, and if they're not reminded, they start to forget it. And the news media uses that because they know that's how it is. So they'll keep you all excited, and then they'll, and then you'll uh, not see anything about it again, and you'll just go, oh. Somebody will remind you, and you go, well, I remember that. What was that about? Because you just can't, can't hold it all. It's too much. Okay, here's something I had saved. And what the heck is it? Because I didn't write the note. And, oh, it was something about Q. And supposedly there was an arrest in China. That was a while ago. That was a week and a half ago, probably. And I don't really know what it refers to, so I'm not going to look right now because I'll end up crashing my computer, probably. Um, so I'm going to put a note what this is so I can find it again. People are always sending me videos, like I said, and I'll watch them. Sometimes they're short, and I can watch a whole bunch of them, and sometimes they're long, like one of them that James can told me to watch. I started at James can I swear I did. I had things going on. I was trying to clean my upstairs still, and I figured I'd just listen to it, which was Economic Hitman. And I didn't get it. I didn't get very far into it, and then I forgot. So I see my link to it. And I will get back to it at some point. I found it interesting. So I just want you guys to know, when you send me something in email or you tell me about it, I save it because I never know when I'm going to be stuck doing a long project. And if I have time, I'll start listening to those long ones. But that thing is hours long. <laughs> hours long. Um, let's see. On money on CNN... This was about Unilever. This had something to do with advertising. Um, Unilever to Facebook and Google, clean up the swamp or we'll pull our ads. Now, this may have something to do with why we're getting our speech suppressed, but this was on CNN's money. I'll give you this link. I've forgotten a lot about it now, but basically the, this caused people to say they were going to boycott the Unilever products, they have quite a few that you might recognize. I think Lipton Tea is one of them. Um, Dove Soap. Um, 
the VO5 shampoos and things like that. Um, there were various products. They had, I think they have something like 400 different products. And it was about them trying to control the message on Facebook. So I'll put controlling the message or ads pulled. Because when you get into the big money thing, it's just like with the foundations and how Charlotte Isserby told us that you know, the family foundations decided that they wanted their view of the world to be carried forth. And since they had a lot of money, all they had to do was get their family foundation to donate money to promote certain ideas, and um, and they would become, you know, like the social norm. And, and uh, public television is the example, because that's where most of the public education comes from that's from these family foundations. Well, this is sort of the same thing. They're taking their money and they're using it to control what you get to see and hear and what you will believe because you're brainwashed. You're being brainwashed by people who are very good at it, the media. So anyway, so this is about Unilever and its advertising and saying they are going to have it their way or else. And a lot of people said, fine, I don't need Unilever products anymore. But that could be where some of this uh, Facebook censorship is coming from. Never know what those alliances are in the back. The alliances in the back, it could be that maybe one of the parents of some incident that took place is a board member or a stockholder in one of these big companies. And they want you to shut up, sit down and be quiet. Okay. Um... Let's see. Janine Pirro, I think the one that she was talking about that day was um, the guy at, I think it was FBI, who nobody had heard his name before, and it was Priestap or something like that. Priestap. I still don't really know who exactly he is, but he had something to do with uh, counterintelligence. And his name is hardly ever mentioned, yet he was right there and he was up high in that organization. And Janine Pirro had said, "How come we haven't heard his name? Why don't we hear of who the? Why don't we hear more about him since he was right there?" And uh, I think this is the interview that that was in. Obviously, I'm not going to listen to it right now, but I'll give you the link to that. She was interviewing someone, and, and they mentioned the name, and she said, well, I want to know about him. And the person started to brush it off. She said, no, before we move on, I want to hear about him. So I think this is, I think that, uh, this is the one that mentioned Priestap. Pre Pretty sure. Let me see if it says in the comments. Yep, it does. Um, a week ago, somebody wrote in the comments, boom, it sure sounds like Priestap has flipped and is cooperating with the White Hats. Shep Zion's Cry says, I have been reporting the name Priestap for nearly a year. I have wondered why MSM hasn't. See, this is the kind of thing that sticks out to me is because it's not, it wouldn't be considered the natural flow of events to leave somebody's name out when they're involved. When they're sitting there, so you know, we're talking about everybody else. We're talking about Ivanka. We're talking about Donald Jr. We're talking about everybody, but not Donald Trump, the president. 
it's like that. This guy was like key. He was like right up there and key in that whole situation. Yet nobody's heard his name. They don't even know who he is. So that's a name to look into. That's the way I look about. That's how I think about it. Down the way, somebody says Bill Priestap is blowing this open. He doesn't want to be the headline. He doesn't want corruption exposed. And they're saying this is a controlled release of information. And Priestap better have bodyguards. And so those are all different comments from different people that I just read. So anyway, that was the one I was talking about. And it was an interview with someone named Chris Stewart, who I forget what he is, what his job is. Need scorecards. We need to have, you know, a card on each person so we know who they are. Um, somebody on Facebook was complaining about how the baby boomers had, you know, raised these kids and talking about Generation X and that um, it's largely the baby boomers' fault, the mess we're in and everything. And so... A couple of baby boomer friends came came a little unglued. One was a relative of that person that wrote it, and I don't really know this guy in real life. But I decided I was going to say something too, and then um, I just I had to say something because what we're having also is a generational war where baby boomers are meant to feel like it's our fault that we've found ourselves in this catastrophe, and I feel it's unfair. So I want to stick up for all of us baby boomers. And one of the things that I said was that uh, we were carried along on a globalist agenda by deception, because we were. Our parents were also. They didn't know that they were being lied to and that there were false flag events going on to shape the public opinion. Um, anyway, I said that we were children of the World War II vets, and they carried along an agenda by deception, and that... Um, one of the ways I know this is true is because I participated in it, because I didn't even know. I thought that we were all on the same page working together as Americans, and I still wish for that, but I know it's probably not true anymore, if it ever was. I think it's worse than it was. But So no matter what, Americans would stick together, and they wouldn't allow themselves to be fractured, and they wouldn't allow themselves to be disempowered and that kind of thing. But... Um, I said that uh, because I knew that since I've woken up, I knew that we had been used and that we helped take the, the world in this direction by deception and that that's why I'm incensed by it and that's why I'm working so hard to correct some of it is because I don't like that. I don't like the fact that I was used and I helped. You know, maybe it would have been someone else, but I worked damn hard to create what we have. And the reason was is because I believed in it. I believed in the whole thing. I believed in having the Internet for learning because it's an excellent place to learn. It never really crossed my mind that with the laws that we had and with the protections we had in place and on top of it having Americans working together who would never accept anything else, which none of that turned out to be true, <laughs> was that we could, you know, we could have this wonderful resource and use it. And it didn't cross my mind that our own people would take it and use it against us. So definitely, that's one of the reasons why I always say, you know, a good EMP would take down the entire system and then we wouldn't have this problem anymore. 
because they can't make money and they can't spy on you without that network. They have to have it. So that was part of it. And also um, I said it, it's insidious and it's meant to destroy our coherence and our it, with our friends and our families, which is, was another plan they had was to break up the families so that people wouldn't have any support to help them if they had trouble. They'd be left alone and they could exploit them better. Terrible things. Um, I'm not sure if some of it happened just because we had, like, you know, a surge in the the amount of people with this sick personality or if it was opportunism or what, that we did not have this percentage of evil people around when we were kids. I mean, not where I lived. We didn't. We would have seen them. And um, these people came from somewhere, but I don't know where. You look at them, and they don't even seem to know where they came from. It's like they're uh, <laughs> dropped here from somewhere else. I don't know. Because people that I know were, that even lived in cities said that the people weren't like this. So where did these people come from? It's not just opportunism. There's something else going on, I think. I don't really know for sure. Um, and the thought that I had that during that week when I was thinking about all this stuff too is that these people, you think about the people, and I'm going to say 40 and under especially. So 40 and under. These would be been people born in the 70s, um, towards the late 70s, 80s and 90s. So to me those are like children almost, but they're not. They're adults. They have no... Um, way to fall back on something to protect them. Like if they have hard times, they have no way to fall back on things because they don't have any like basis for taking care of themselves. They think they do. I mean, if they're making good money, they think that if something goes wrong, they can just pick up their smartphone and tap on it and somebody will come or will care on the other end. But with the breakdown of society and the breakdown of, uh, you know, just the, the system itself, people not working, et cetera, there's not going to be anyone on the other end of that phone if they still have it. They'd be clicking on it. Nobody would be answering. Or they'd be clicking on it. There's nobody knows how to fix the electrical because most of the people that they're calling right now are baby boomers who are retiring. So, They've got to get off their butt and they've got to learn skills because right now you've got a bunch of people who think they're educated because they've got a college degree and they're making money on whatever job they're doing, but they don't have any practical skills and they're expecting somebody's going to come. Who's coming? Right now I know maybe one or two people that work in the trades that are young. Most of the people I know are older that do that, so... You know, think about who's around you and um, when you call somebody to come over and help you with something, how old are they? The youngest, that made me think of the youngest person I knew that was working in a trade and he was my furnace guy and he was a teenager. He was going to be taking over his father's business and he was murdered. It was a huge shock. It was a very big shock. Um... I was the youngest, the youngest kid, I'd say kid because he was a teenager, that I ever saw working as hard as that. He knew how to do all the burner stuff. He was like, you know, he was a furnace guy. And 
his father was a furnace guy. That's why he worked with him as like an apprentice, and he knew how to do stuff. And he came over here, and he worked on my furnace, told me one thing that he didn't feel confident about, and he was going to have his dad come over. And before that happened, he was murdered. And it was one of those you know, teenager jealousy things. Somebody thought that his girlfriend was with her, his girlfriend was with this guy, and she wasn't. She was a friend, and he killed my burner guy and kidnapped the girl and drove somewhere, I think Connecticut, before he was found. And when they were closing in on him, he shot himself. So the poor girl had to live with that, and the parents of the boy that was the burner guy, they were devastated because he was a really nice kid and worked hard and didn't deserve to be killed like that. So anyway, that's it. Sad story, but the truth. It reminded me of him. Um, let's see. The oh, Our Bangor Daily News is trying to launch a paywall for their newspaper, and it, I don't think it's going very well. Um it's not that good of a newspaper anymore. There's, uh, they're doing a lot of uh, dragging in articles from other newspapers and sticking them on there, and people are saying they're not going to pay for it. So far, I'm doing good. I haven't had any countdown meter or anything, but I've heard of people who have got that going on, and I just I don't know why I'm, I'm exempted, but I have been so far. I think they started rolling it out and probably realized they weren't getting a lot of subscribers this way. And... Um, Stopped, but we'll see what happens. I think they're killing their paper off, and they're if they do that, it'll be faster. <laughs> and if they do partial, like some people have a paywall and some don't, that won't work either because in Maine we would tell each other that kind of thing. We'd say, hey, I don't have that. And then they'd say, well, why are you getting it for free? And then that would make people mad. So I don't know how it's going to go. We'll see how it, how it works out. Um, let's see what else have we got? Oh, there was an article in the Bangor Daily News on February 13th that said that Russia was still targeting our U.S. political system, according to spies. I thought that was funny. They want to keep that Russian narrative alive. It's like pathetic at this point. Um. Where's my thing? What the heck is this? Oh, I kept this because I thought it was a funny comment, I guess. This was uh, somebody's comment on a, an article that related to the Russians, I think. I didn't write where I got this from, though. Um, when I went to vote in 2016, this is somebody else's comment, not mine. Okay. Oh, it says at the bottom, comment at Washington Post on the Hillary Clinton bias opinion piece today. This was someone's comment. When I went to vote in 2016, I was excited to vote for the first ever female president. I wanted to help make history. While walking through the parking lot, I was approached by a short, stocky man with a funny mustache, dressed in all black with a black hat and his slender female companion with deep red lipstick and a long 
and long black hair dressed in a tight, deep purple dress. They spoke to me in broken English, sounded like Polish or even Russian. They pointed some contraption at me and warned me that I should vote for Trump. I refused. They threatened that they would hurt my family. They called up their boss, dear leader, and told them about me and that they should send someone to my house. We argued for a bit until, I kid you not, a talking squirrel and his talking moose sidekick showed up. They proceeded to arrest Boris and Natasha. I told them about their dear leader, but they assured me they already had him in custody. I proceeded to the voting booth, tried to vote for Hillary, but it was like a magnet made me pull the lever for Trump. I can't explain it, except for that contraption they had. That's it. It was a vote for Trump mind meld machine. Now that I think about it, they had pointed it at everyone in line. They said something about having thousands of agents all across the U.S. doing the same thing. I really, really wanted to vote for Hillary. Will someone let the FBI know that Russia made me vote for Trump against my wishes? Natasha and Boris, Squirrel and Moose, these are hashtags. Vote for Trump, mind meld machine. Somebody took some time with that one. I actually like Boris and Natasha. I enjoyed it. That probably makes me a Russian sympathizer. Um, let's see. Some comments I wrote to people and then took them off because I didn't want to leave them there. Sometimes I'll do that. I'll type a whole big thing and then I go, I can't post that. I take it down again. Um, um, the one that I saw where CNN and Allison Camerata were on there. This was early on for the interviews on the um, Parkland, sh- Parkland shooting. Um, Kelsey Friend was the girl. She cried. I saw her crying, and I thought, well, maybe she wasn't in on it on the ruse that day, but maybe she was, and she was just a good crier. I don't know. She was the one that was like granddaughter of a state police officer or chief. I forget what she said. Um, and my notes were... Um, they were told there'd be a fake code red. She thought it was a drill until she saw her teacher dead on the floor. She said, like a movie scene. David Hogg, I put ish, because he used the word ish. Freshman wing, he's a senior. Janitor funneled. It says um, it was a female. The janitor funneled people and saved lives. Thought it was a drill. It was a well-executed response of the janitor and others. Two of his sister's best friends died. Something that should not occur at a school. 18 shootings so far this year. And then he made a statement at the end where he turned and looked right at the camera like he'd been practicing. So that was that one. Then there was uh, a teacher eyewitness, Melissa Falcow, on CNN's recent training, fire drill that morning. She had 19 in the closet with family calling to see if she's okay. And um, she said she wouldn't know the name until the names came out if anyone she knew had died. And that struck me odd, too. Not only having 19 people in the closet, but 
because um, I thought, how big is that closet? You can put 19 teenagers in it. We used to put a lot of people in a Volkswagen Beetle but or a telephone booth, but 19 in a closet seemed like a lot. Anyway, um, and she said that she wouldn't know the names because they wanted to know if she knew anyone, and she said she wouldn't know until the names came out. And all I could think of is I worked in a school, and I certainly as heck would know if anybody I worked with had been shot that day. Somebody would call, or they would have told me, oh, my gosh, did you know that this person died? So I found that really strange, the teacher's report on having 19 kids in the closet and also not knowing who died, and that it was a recent training, and they had a fire drill that morning. Um, then um, the, I had another one that David Hogg had said children, and he also was talking about the gazebo section, they apparently had a section in their lunchroom where people would eat together, and these people were not considered to be part of the overall student body. And hardly anybody's talked about that either. And he also made a statement at the end of that one. That was David Hogg again. Um, and there was uh, the one that said children was the first one I saw, and that was Adam Habona that was the interview um, interviewed student, and his last name was H-A-B-O-N-A, and someone named Matt Musil interviewed him, and that last name was M-U-S-I-L. So I kept that one, too, because I'm planning on uh, looking at it again, if it's still there. Um, and then we had uh, Alicia Blonde and Isabel Gomez, Isabella Gomez or Isabel Gomez, um, and that was, I think the teacher was Alicia Blonde. That was a teacher and a student being interviewed. And then there was another one, a, a student, I believe, named Haley Shepard. And it was H-A-Y-L-E-E-S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D. And she also seemed very detached from what went on as well. She was a student that was supposedly there. So those are some of the names that I got. Um Oh, I'm saving some things on some of the people that think they're going to run for president. One of them is Kamala Harris. So I'm saving some things about her. Um, I had something happen to my computer this past week, too, where my IP address had been changed. I don't know how it was done, but I don't know if it was like a virus or whatever. I have pretty good virus protection. I don't know how it happened, but anyway, my computer wouldn't go anywhere. <laughs> it, would like, it said it recognized my modem, but it wouldn't go anywhere. It wouldn't let me connect anywhere. And uh, my nephew fixed it remotely, and he said what he did was he forced it to give me a new IP address, and then it worked again. So I don't know if people are having any attacks on their computers lately, but I think it's just another way to keep people from communicating as well as we have been doing. So if you don't hear from me, it's because my computer's having an issue. Otherwise, I'd be posting something or sending emails. Somebody will have heard from me somewhere. I just can't shut up, that's why. Um, I don't know if you saw the brawl that took place on the Carnival cruise ship called Legend out of Australia. 
people were talking about this, but obviously not in our media, but I saw it somewhere and I kept it because it's, it's to me it's showing what's happening in the world that people get on these cruise ships and feel like they're not protected. Um, see if it's still here. Um, one family that got violent on there was really terrorizing people and there was like a whole huge deal going on and uh, the captain was saying, you know, what do you want me to do about it kind of thing. Well, when you're on the ocean and you're in a cruise ship, you're kind of like in jail in a way because you can't leave and the captain is responsible for everyone's safety and they also have police powers because of that. I mean, he could have locked them up in their room, but he didn't. He let them run rampant over these a lot of people and and intimidate and scare them. And so, you know, I'm sure that the cruise line is not real happy about the fact that people would see this and not want to go on cruises. So here's the... Uh, So there's that. You might want to look at it. It was pretty scary. I don't think I'll be going on any cruises until I know for sure that things are under control again because right now it's like taking your life in your hands. These people could have beat these people up, you know, the other people up and thrown them overboard. Nobody would have done a thing. So, um, yeah, Dottie, me too. I read the articles and I go, yeah, you're missing some stuff. They do that on purpose, though. They don't want us to know anything. They call themselves, uh, the Bangor Daily News is now doing solutions-based journalism, whatever the heck that means. I call that propaganda if it's solutions-based. Um, okay, so I'm getting close to the top, I think. I think I'm getting close to the top. And earthquakes, it was a huge one in Mexico. There's been a lot of big earthquakes lately. Um, I found a new earthquake site that I like looking at. I'll give you that, too, so you can look there yourself. I think I just got you that. Why didn't it go on too long? Doozy post above, the doozy post. Let's see. Uh, I'm looking. An update today about the University of Maine. Oh, okay. There's been a lot of stuff going on with the uh, University of Maine. Is that the one? Okay. Wow. BDN reports Humane chooses new energy supplier as controversial bidder withdraws. See, the thing is, we know people up here, and I'm like, um, sometimes when I read down through it, I'm like, what? Because I'll know somebody. This is about their power at the campus, apparently. 
I don't, I don't, this is way out of what I've been looking at, so I have no idea. I'll have to look at that later. <clears throat> okay. Some things that were sent to me, I'm looking through those because I haven't talked about that yet. See if this one's still showing. So you can open this and get a look at it before it's gone. If it's still showing, I'll give it to you. It might have been removed. It was on a site called Big Leak Politics, and it was a... Um, VIP tour of CNN by um, the mother of David Hogg and her two children. And there were pictures here. I don't know if the pictures are still here, but here's the link. If you get a chance, look at it today because once they find the stuff, they usually take it down. And I just found that by Google searching. Just I was just looking around. There's a picture of the kids sitting at um, the news desk. And it was two years ago. Someone said they got it off her Facebook, I believe. I don't know if that's where it came from. It could have come from an article or something. Anyway, so the people aren't who they appear to be down there in Florida. That's the gist of that whole thing. Um, okay, the other ones were just basically the same thing. Um, yesterday there was a demonstration, I think this was yesterday, down in Boca Raton where some of the, yeah, they took it down, never mind. Some of the... Um, Liberal protesters were throwing water bottles at people, and somebody said that that video had come down, and sure enough, I just clicked on the link, and its video is unavailable. So another suppression by YouTube. Well, you guys, I'm probably going to wind it up tonight and give us an easy night, because I think I'm pretty much done with everything that was, you know, urgent or, or you know, important for right now. Um, and I told you where I'm headed as far as um, studying on some more things. But one of the things I was going to mention tonight, and I was waiting for Desert Pete to come in case he you know, wanted to say something about it, but he sent me a video, and it related to a case here in Maine that was from uh, 92, I think. It was the missing accountant case, and he sent me a video because he knew that I had talked about it before and there were things on it that I had not seen before and I was very interested. But I don't want to say too much about it, honestly, because I feel like um, there's danger here. There's danger, danger, Will Robinson. Um, some, of the, some of the things that I heard were news to me and I can't really, I don't know how to describe it other than to say my mind was completely blown because some of the things that I thought were true about that story, such as that um, that 
the missing accountant was in the company of the state trooper the day that he went missing. These are things that I based my opinions on at the time because of news reporting in the Bangor Daily News. And apparently there was a cover-up, including stories told about what happened when he disappeared that were not entirely true and that the family found out later on. So there's been a renewed interest in the case um, by the family and people around the Hothams because of the fact that Donald Trump is in office. And it's the same kind of thing as some other friends of mine who, when they saw a new president and thought he's going to try to do something about some of this corruption and maybe we can get some help, um, people started sending things. And Tim Hotham sent things like the day of the inauguration, along with some other people I knew. Okay, we have a new president. It's time to tell him things. And I, and I say it all the time. We might not know what's going on, but the Trump administration knows what's going on because there's several people that I know that have sent directly information to the Trump administration, and I'm sure that he's not reading every single thing that comes in, obviously. But I think there are teams of people working on various aspects of what's going wrong in the government, and they're getting a big picture that's probably pretty mind-blowing to them, too because these things cross state lines. They're related to um, um, not just small criminal elements, but organized crime type things. And people die. You know, they get, they, sometimes it's people that you wouldn't expect to get in any trouble, but they step in something and they don't realize how big it is. You know, and we've seen some of that in the last year or two also. People that suddenly turn up dead because they stepped in something. And so that's why I'm saying I'm not going to say too much about it, but I'm very excited about the fact that that story has been um, revitalized to the point where the there was a YouTube video that someone made, and it was sent to me by somebody in a different state. <laughs> so it's bigger than bigger than it ever was when I was thinking about it and talking about it. And I've had talks with um, Dottie about it before because she knew some of the people. And I said, you know, that name was in the story too back in 92, who was the attorney general, who was the um, head of the state police, who was the, you know, who was the judge in the case where the state trooper pled the fifth. Um, And it's a fascinating story. It's a very complex story. Um, And I think that the brother of the missing accountant is a good source because he, you know, it's his brother. He's put a lot of effort into trying to find out things and he's actually gone and done it. He's gone and talked to people in person. So it was amazing. And um, I'm sure if you look around, you'll find some things. Um, The brother's name is Tim Hotham, H-O-T-H-A-M. And the missing accountant's name was Rod Hotham. He was on the most wanted list, the FBI most wanted list. But the likelihood is is that he was killed the day that he went missing. So it was pretty, um, pretty. I won't say horrifying because I know these things exist, but there was a lot of information that just was blowing my mind as I watched and listened to him talk about the things that they had found out. And since I can't verify it, and it's kind of, the story is close to home here in Bangor, I just feel like I should wait a little while before I say anything else. But anyway, 
things are happening behind the scenes, folks, and it has to do with the FBI as usual. Just a lot of weird stuff. Weird. Yes, Dottie. It's like, where do we go for recourse? You know, where do we have our voices heard? And that's what, basically, that's what Tim Hotham was saying. Who do we go to? We can't even trust these people. And his uh, his take on it also was, because this family was also from Presque Isle, even though Rod Hotham lived in Bangor, the family where he grew up and his family was in Arista County, which is where I grew up. And we just weren't, we weren't, raised or, you know, we just didn't have it in our minds to be suspicious of people to that degree that we would be super careful. And like he said, he was asking questions, he was doing all kinds of stuff back at the time when it happened, not realizing that, you know, (laughs) that maybe his brother wasn't just missing, you know. It was like there were things happening as far as he was ready to go to the Attorney General's office. He had all his stuff with him to prove the uh, corruption that he was exposing, and there was, you know, the Indian land, the Indian land claims money was involved. Some people had siphoned it off, apparently, or misused it, or put it in the Cayman Islands or something. There was all kinds of like things to do with money and things to do with um, shutting somebody up, and it was supposed to be one of the, you know, cases of a lifetime where large people would fall because they would be exposed, and all of a sudden he's dead. The FBI even knew that he was that he was taking evidence to the the attorney general. So that's just one little piece of it, and I have talked about that before. So anyway, um, I think I'm going to stop. I've been talking for almost two hours. That's pretty good considering, and. Um, yeah, we want to hope that Desert Pete's doing okay out there. He maybe is just busy today or forgot it was Thursday. And what did I say I was going to look for? I was going to look for the um, thing that had to do with networks working together to suppress our speech. That's very timely. And next week, let's see, next week is uh, the t- March 1st, right? Yeah, I think so. I think next week is March 1st. I might come back next week. I might try to get myself back on the every week thing because there's so much happening that I feel like I'm missing things. And, and you know, if people come or don't, it's okay. They can decide whether they have time or not um, because I feel like I need to get back in a routine. We're having bad cabin fever up here. Our weather has not been really good, and we've been stuck in the house. We've had, you know, snow, and then we have some rain, and then we have some ice. It's hard to walk on it, and cloudy, and there's not much going on, and it's just yucky time of year. The kids are out on school vacation right now up here, and the tournaments are going on, the basketball games. Everybody comes to Bangor and Augusta and plays their basketball games, and um, so there's a lot of people in town visiting and that kind of thing. And we're just, you know, we're kind of hanging out, waiting for the weather to change. And we were supposed to have 60s this week. We were promised it was going to be nice, and it never got up this far. We had 50 yesterday, and today it was like in high 20s, I think. So that was disappointing. I was looking forward to that good weather coming. So I guess I'm going to say good night then, you guys, and uh, thanks for coming. And, you know, email to me if you want to, um, ginger 
cook let's see, what is my num what is my email address? Gingercookie eight seven at yahoo dot com. I haven't been getting a lot of email lately, so can't even remember my email half the time. I believe that's right. And um, you know, keep our eyes and ears open and and I'm gonna just hope you're all doing good and hanging in there. Okay? All right. Good night. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.